I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is One Kiss Kiss Means Forever. This is the podcast where we talk about classic romances where in the modern lens, we're not really sure why they're romances. And then we turn them on their heads and make them modern romances, maybe? Anyway, we're talking about your favorite made-for-TV romances or made-for-your-platform romances, the kinds that you find on Hallmark, Lifetime, and today, Netflix. Netflix. The flicks of nets. Yeah, because Netflix has hardcore gotten in on this game, and I feel like they Mm -hmm. spend more money, and I don't know where it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Uh, So today... Because it is fall and we wanted to talk about a movie that came out recently, we are going to be talking about the Netflix September 1st, 2022 drop of Love in the Villa. (laughs) So this is the little synopsis. A young woman takes a trip to romantic Verona, Italy after a breakup only to find that the villa she reserved was double booked and she'll have to share her vacation with a cynical British man. And it stars Cat Graham and Tom Hopper. The Hopper. The Hopper. That sounds like how my nephew says the dog's name. Oh. <laughs> Hopper. 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 Well, let's get into our uh, first folio uh, edition of (laughs) this movie. Uh, Let's do it. (laughs) Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene, or where we will. We'll get there shortly. But we will start-start in Minneapolis, where our heroine school teacher Julie, played by Kat Graham, is preparing for her trip to Verona with her longtime boyfriend, Brandon. But as she lays out the incredibly detailed itinerary for him, Brandon can't take it and breaks up with her. So Julie embarks on the romantic trip alone. After a harrowing trip, including delayed flights, turbulence, lost bags, and a taxi driver with a death wish, Julie finally arrives at the villa she rented across from Casa de Julieta, or essentially where they've decided uh, the Capulets lived from Shakespeare's play, because we should mention that Julie is obsessed with Romeo and Juliet, like, unhealthily, so... Um, (laughs) So she walks in, exhausted and cranky, and Julie is confronted with a nearly naked Charlie, played by the very tall Tom Hopper. He is very tall, and I wish he were more naked for most of this movie, because that was nice. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Well done, Tom. Anyway, Charlie has also rented the villa. It was up on two different home share sites and double booked. Oops. And of course, there's a wine festival in Verona that week, so everything is already booked. Oops. Though they both ask the other to leave, neither Charlie nor Julie is willing to give up their time in Verona. Charlie is there for work, and Julie has been waiting on this trip, like, basically her whole life. So they agree, loosely worded, agree to share the apartment. Things 
do not get off to a good start. In learning that Charlie is allergic to cats and that there are feral cats all over the place, Julie lures them into the bedroom to give Charlie terrible hives. Charlie, in encountering the delivery man with Julie's bags that have finally arrived, like days late, um, has them donated rather than letting Julie get her stuff back. Um, He also posts her diary to the letters to Juliet wall for everyone to see and read. And so Julie gets the locks to the villa changed without informing Charlie and then calls the cops on him when he tries to get in via the balcony and he goes to jail. Uh, And (laughs) then Charlie decides to fake nice and make dinner. But when asked what she's, you know, put in her mouth, Charlie claims that it is horse. So delicious. Um, So after more yelling and a food fight and more polizia i think that's what i remember from stupid italian movies (laughs) whatever more police charlie and julie finally decide to put down their swords and call a real truce they drink wine and become friends even going down to the piazza to wish for love on the statue of juliet by holding her right breast which apparently is tradition holding the boobs of a bronze teenager The two have a moment. (laughs) The next day, Julie decides that even though Charlie comes to Verona every year, he's never actually experienced it correctly, a.k.a. like a tourist. So they're going to be doing a tourist day. So they actually go to Casa de Julieta and stand on her balcony. And they see the Verona skyline and they have a picnic at a lake and they have gelato. Uh, Though they pick chocolate instead of the correct uh, flavor, which is ananas or pineapple. Thank you. Or or pistachio, which is also the correct (laughs) gelato flavor, in my opinion. The answer is chocolate is not correct. Um, And all of this is facilitated by her death-defying taxi driver from the airport, who is now her friend. Finally, they end at the vineyard and winery party that Charlie has been sent to Italy to buy out. During her tour with the owner, Julie accidentally convinces him not to sell and risk everything for the wine that he loves, which is kind of making a mess for Charlie at work. Um, But somehow Charlie doesn't really seem to care. (laughs) His whole purpose of coming is just like, whoop, oopsies, but uh, whatever. He sees Julie standing at a balcony and is enchanted, but soft. What light through yonder window breaks. It is Julie, and she ruined my deal. But they dance, and both are clearly smitten. Upon arriving back at their villa, they are surprised by Cassie, Charlie's on-again, off-again fiancé. Turns out she wants to be back on. And put in a very awkward position, Charlie agrees to vacate with Cassie and take over the hotel room of a colleague who had to leave Verona early because his wife had a baby. Why was he going on a work trip that close to delivery? But whatever. Um, Upset, Julie wants nothing to do with Charlie ever again. Um, If his phone doesn't ring, that's her. (laughs) I liked that line, actually. (laughs) Uh, Though when there is a knock at the door, she can't help but hope that Charlie has returned. But no, it's Brandon. Of course it's Brandon. They always have to come back. 
Of course, he regrets breaking up with Julie. Everybody loves Julie, so he's here to get her back. Um, by everybody, he means like, my family keeps asking about you and it's annoying, so here I am. Um, while Charlie and Julie spend time with their respective former and maybe future partners, they're both feeling like things are off, but also like over. But that night, when Brandon tries to take Julie out for a fancy dinner without a reservation, um, they run into each other and essentially do that thing where they accidentally double date. So this date is super awkward. Julie decides to get hammered on wine. (laughs) Like, she's going to feel like shit. (laughs) Uh, Julie and Charlie know way more about each other than their significant others do. Like, they can answer questions it's you know uncomfortable (laughs) and then they try to show off their significant others doing the like and cassie this and brandon that and it all comes to a head when some women stop by their table recognizing julie from her diary on the wall that charlie put up (laughs) and tell her to stay strong and that brandon who is sitting right there is a douche (laughs) So after Brandon gets Julie to leave, Charlie admits to himself that he is in love with Julie, you know, because of course he is. Uh, So he breaks up with Cassie for good and maybe commits to quitting his job to Cassie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So back at the piazza by their villa, Brandon proposes to a very drunk Julie. Like he proposes to her then, which is... Wait, we'll like, get into she, it. She literally just had a wine glass full of wine with a straw. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which not know. I have felt like I wanted to do that before in my life. But that would also be the moment where I'd be like, fuck you for proposing to me while I'm not going to remember this. <laughs> like, clearly. <laughs> Not making good decisions. <laughs> anyway, Julie knows that they don't really mesh well together. And that really becomes clear when he doesn't understand her ideas of complimenting weirds. Like, you know, your weirds should complement each other. Everybody's got weirdness. So she turns him down, which is impressive because she's fucking wasted. Um, but not before Charlie, having run after Julie, of course, sees the proposal and assuming she accepts, he walks away heartbroken. It is the day that they're all scheduled to leave, which apparently is the same day, even though at the beginning of the movie, it was not the same day. <laughs> um, th- that's where we're at. Charlie runs into the villa landlord who tells him that love will always find a way. Cassie is having a drink at this little cafe when Brandon walks by and they realize they've both been dumped. And so they commiserate over a drink together, even though Brandon orders from them both and does so by ordering the one thing we know as audience members that Cassie doesn't like, which is Prosecco because she's wrong. (laughs) um but also like maybe they're getting together question mark yeah julie gathers all her stuff which all of must have been bought in verona like uh and meets her friend the cab driver outside before remembering that she forgot her sweatshirt and goes back to the villa while inside julie hears charlie reciting the balcony scene from romeo and juliet have we mentioned that romeo and juliet is part of this this movie at all <laughs> have we mentioned it 
Anyway, and there's a balcony scene in it, just in case you guys don't know about Romeo. There's a balcony scene in it, even though it never says it's a balcony in the script, which is why Baz Luhrmann is a genius. Anyway, while inside, Julie hears Charlie reciting the balcony scene from Romeo and Juliet. She meets him outside, and they each learn that they are no longer attached. They declare their love for each other, and they kiss. And since... One kiss means forever. They will somehow make this relationship work, even though she has her dream job in Minneapolis and he wants to open a winery in Tuscany. If we don't think about geographical complications, they won't exist. For never was a story of more woe than this of Julie and her Charlie-o. <laughs> I love you, Hannah. <laughs> I was pretty proud of it. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty freaking great, if you ask me. Uh, Just because it was in the previous um, paragraph, okay. um, I want to I want to kick us off with a positive thing. Okay, and that was what you just mentioned about um, Brandon and Cassie. And we know Cassie doesn't like prosecco, but Brandon orders prosecco. And I thought that that was probably one of the smartest ways of saying no this is not gonna last without saying no it's not gonna last that I've seen in a movie Um, yeah I I hear that I mean if we want to jump to there I genuinely was team Brandon until that moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah like like I agreed with him on every point (laughs) until that moment that was funny. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I love Prosecco, so I could date Brandon just fine. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Okay. I think I, I wanted to start right at the beginning. Let's do with it. The, with the line, like, she's reading Romeo and Juliet to third graders, which problematic. But she says, she says that Romeo and Juliet is the most romantic and tragic love story of all time. Both of which I have major problems with (laughs) (laughs) just no and no no it is not romantic they are children who decide they need to fuck that is the story of romeo and juliet and it's not tragic because it's so easily fixable and they decided not to fix it (laughs) and neither did their parents yeah like uh, it's just like annoyingly like oh but the, but this is the fix for it and n- nobody did the right thing so i don't disagree with you we've talked before on this podcast about how we super disagree about the romance behind this hannah just did it it's not the first time we also have our i mean i know like we both are huge theater lovers and we both love shakespeare but again we hold nothing sacred. Nothing, not right. even Shakespeare. Yeah. Right. So. I mean, like, I, I enjoy a good Romeo and Juliet like the next person. But, like, sure. I can pick it apart like nobody's business. For so. sure. Again, Baz Luhrmann is great. Loved it. Leo is wonderful. Fantastic. I mean, I they, especially like the version of Romeo and Juliet and Hot Fuzz. That was great. Um, I will never forget this. I've probably already talked about this on the podcast, but I don't care. Um, my cousin had like the screenplay for the Baz Luhrmann in like book form and I will never, ever forget. Like it's, it's, 
it pops up in my brain more often than it probably should, but whatever. <laughs> the the stage direction, they stare at each other like two beautiful fish. <laughs> what? <laughs> I believe it's when they fall into the pool, not through the fish tank. <laughs> I mean, but they would still, they do look at each other through the fish tank. So maybe that is one of them. Yeah. So, as I said, I'm clarifying, I believe, which version of them looking each other through water we are talking about. Wow. I'm so glad that you mentioned this because it's amazing. (laughs) I think there, okay. So I'm just going to go and say this right here. I, in a lot of ways, actually really liked this movie. Okay. But I hated it at the same time, mostly because okay, – well, there are reasons why I like this movie. We can talk about it. But the I don't like pranking. I really don't like pranks. And the fact that a really, really large beat of this movie is dangerous pranking – did oh. not feel well, especially oh. like is would we call the the cat thing attempted murder? <laughs> My note says you actively tried to kill him and he stole your diary. You're worse. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you know what? Like I was half expecting Julie when all the people were going like, you get it, Julie. Brandon's a dick. And she's like, you put my diary up there. I have expected her to go. Huh? Awesome. Yes, Brandon is a dick. These are my sisters in Juliet. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, like that. I consider that a win for her, and she's acting like it's super tragic. Yeah. Well, he, the thing is, when you break down everything that got done, he was like negative one, I guess. Because, like, I think giving away her all of her belongings was incredibly low and yes, very like I did not like that. But when you add in the cat thing, sending him to jail, um, like, actively, like, ruining, like, some of his, like, professional mm-hmm. things. Like, she is doing things that are way, way worse. Absolutely. I almost kind of feel like it's one of those things where she she had said with her bestie, like talking to her bestie, uh, she's talking to her bestie and he's like, just try it. Just, you know, you're feeling like a different person in Verona. You can be a different person in Verona. And it's almost like she overcompensated and was just like a serial killer. (laughs) Yeah. like I mean, the choices that she makes are utterly insane. Okay. I need to back up a little bit for some of my things that I like – so she gets there. She's proving that she rented the villa by rattling off her confirmation number, which is crazy pants. Yeah. <laughs> Uninterested. Because also, well, well, it's a weird, it, like, first of all, why do you know that? And second of all, like, that doesn't prove anything. My confirmation is 067HQ. Like, what? Like, yeah. oh i see your confirmation blah 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 blah. oh totally you're right you have a confirmation number (laughs) that's bullshit um but 
she's like pathetically like, I need to sleep. Please let me sleep. He's like, fine, you can sleep here. Like, I can't handle dealing with you right now. He's basically magnanimous enough to be like, whatever. Like, you can stay on the couch. Which she should be the one on the couch because she is conservatively two feet shorter than he is. <laughs> <laughs> they do mention that in the yeah, movie. I mean, they, like, they do make some, but like, he can't fit on the couch. She can't. So, like, I'm sorry, but it's hers to stay on. Then they do, like, they do not like the idea of staying together, but like, until she ramps up the pranking to try to get him to leave, like, he was gonna just let her stay there. But I feel like there was something else, which is why she decided, I know exactly what I'm going to do, but I can't remember what it is Well, she was on the phone with her friend, um, and he basically was, you know, he was like, what does he look like? And she said he looks like Thor, which he does not. Um, (laughs) And then, like, it was, like, upsetting to her that he was attractive. Sure. So she needed like, to make him just... unattractive by p- breaking him out in hell. Yeah. Like, like she started it as far as I'm concerned. Huh. She's. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking to me like this, like, I feel like you're right. But I feel like when I was watching it, I didn't I didn't think that. And I can't remember why. Well, I mean, he was like kind of dismissive of her in the like get back on your little plane and go back to where you came from. Like, you can't, you know, know. like, you're being just a tourist, blah, blah, blah. Also, why she decided to go to Verona during the middle of a wine festival seems like a very dumb idea. But everything's going to be triple the price. Whatever. Um, Either way. Either way. I, I, I do agree with you that she ramped it up too far. Yeah. Like, a lot. Um, but then we get to the the horse meat of it all. <laughs> yes. Um, he has told her they're now friends, sort of. And he's invited her to dinner that he's cooked. And she's and dressed up. She's dressed up. He quotes Princess Bride at her. Sexy. Right. And then she decides to switch the glasses like in case you know, like a couple times, like iocane like, powder. Yeah. yeah. Except if she was thinking with her brain at all, she would know that they were both poisoned because he's been spending the last ten years building up an immunity to iocane powder. I mean, of course, he told her this. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they're not. Neither one is poisoned, so it's fine. But uh, like, like it was like, no, then you don't drink the wine at all. Like, if if you genuinely think that one might be poisoned. Like I, I thought that that whole bit was really funny and cute, especially for people who liked The Princess Bride. What bugged me the most about that whole interaction, without the wine, like I liked that little banter. Mm-hmm. I liked what you just said because it's funny and true. But the fact that – so what I wrote was, really? We have a food fight after The Princess Bride moment. And I kind of like I feel like if they don't end up fucking after this, then all hope is lost because it was like one of those food fights that ends up with like clothes ripped off, you know, like and if this was a different movie. But the thing about it is they get into a violent horse fight, a horse fight. Oh, my God. A food fight over horse meat that involves the police. And then we find out it's not horse meat. 
It's mushroom. Couldn't that have been mentioned at any point <laughs> in the <food> fight? <laughs> like, that is what bugged me. I'm like, you played with her head. You brought it up again. You said it was fine. You said it, trust me, trust me, trust me. Now I'm going to play this fucking cruel joke on you and say it's horse horse meat. All you had to do is say, whoa, 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 no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. It's mushroom. And that would have been fine. And you can go back to fucking again. <laughs> like, Also, I mean, I, I say this as a vegetarian. Of course, I'd be very upset if somebody served me horse meat. But if I was a meat eater, the, the dish he serves her is, I looked it up because I was like, is this real? I did too. Yeah. It is genuinely a Verona delicacy or like specialty. Yeah. With horse. Yeah. Like her reaction was like, you have like put toenails in my food. Even if it was real horse, that's the inappropriate reaction. You can be like, I don't think so. You know, I agree with you. And like, okay, not everybody's an Italian speaker. I'm not an Italian speaker. But like, it's close enough to like the French word for horse that I was like, okay, I think I know where this is going. But also, she seems to put herself forward as a woman of the world who has got to know that some Europeans eat horse, like actually. Like it, it's it's a thing that people do. And so right. the fact that she would have wouldn't have been open to just like this, huh? interesting not my not my not my thing i'm gonna drink the wine is bonkers bananas that she went into this like tirade of how it was like an affront to her well also for some like it took it took me a half minute of googling to be like and i don't think i even googled the name i was i googled like you know important verona dishes or you know like for somebody who's obsessed with verona uh-huh. How does she not know this? I am in a com- complete agreement with you. I also looked it up because I wanted to to see what exactly it was, even though, you know, with the horse and it looked very nice. I'm never going to eat it. I might give it a try with the mushrooms. Did but... you did you read why it existed? No. Well, it it became a thing because there was like a famine and that's how people survived. Well, there you go. And I was like, oh, well, like, great. Like. That makes sense. I, yeah. I am following all of how this came about. I mean, she was just so stereotypically American in the worst ways. Because also. I feel that. She, she has this itinerary that she's going to do. That's why Brandon left her. Um, <laughs> and I say Ouch. this as a planner. As somebody who likes to plan, she had booked, like, tours. And granted, she did not take him into account at all on these, on what she did. Yeah. But she booked these tours at certain times um, and then, like, had planned out and, like, made reservations for lunch and dinner and blah, blah, blah. And then she's, like, trying to get to these tours and, like, take selfies the whole time. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And also, your tour is, like, a hop-on, hop-off hop bus that's timed. Just, just that hop on make... some other time. Yeah. Just like the point, man. And then she basically gave up on all of it to the point where, as far as I could tell, she didn't go to any of the reservations. Uh-uh. 
Like not at all. I'm just I just found the whole thing really baffling. Uh, like also yep. I like again, I like planning. I like planning a trip. I like knowing what I want to see, what makes sense, all of that. I her itinerary was stressful. So many. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> very very stressful. Um I what it made me want to go to Italy. Um, there's a line that happens right after this that I just kind of want to point out because I thought it was really great and not enough people talk about this, um, that it was <laughs> the wine pairs with a better bottle of wine that we already drank. It's not great because it doesn't have to be. <laughs> I did like that. There were a couple lines in this movie where I was like, that's kind of brilliant. Like his whole yeah. little tirade on like, he doesn't like faded love because he thinks it's much more romantic to choose a person yeah it was like really sweet and i was like i like this so that's the that's the part about this movie that i was inferring that i really liked because i feel like whoever wrote this movie and i did not look you up i'm so sorry um despite the shenanigans that happen in this movie the they the way they construct their script and especially their dialogue was brilliant. Like that line of, uh, if you don't, if that, that, if you don't get a phone call, that's me sounded much better in my head or something like that. Like I thought it was like a lot of their dialogue was so snappy and so cute. Kind of like a, uh, like it, it, it's happened. It happened one night sort of banter. Mm -hmm. And I loved that, but the violent pranks, and kind of the quick turnaround that involved characters really behaving out of character, not in like a I've changed sort of way, but in like a way that I don't think humans ex- exist mm-hmm. is the only thing that took it out of took it out for me. Yeah, I, I think I think the violence really colored the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, but there were a few like weird twists and turns in this movie took that like you know like they hate each other they're actively trying to kill each other (laughs) they decide to spend to be friends and like maybe are falling in love oh they actually have other partners who maybe they also hate (laughs) do they just hate everybody like, and I just dis- I disagree of with of Julie being angry about not knowing about Cassie. Like it was fuck none of her freaking business, you know. Like and right. they were on a break. Like why right. is she angry about this? Right. They were like literally friends. Like for what a, a solid twenty four hours for a wine party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's absolutely crazy that they that she would know about Cassie or my my thing is that she's upset about Cassie like why he didn't have to say that he was he had a girlfriend he didn't have to tell that to you because you're having a moment and then what's he gonna do and he was about he was about to say it Hallmark Hallmark and then Cassie walks in well also uh, uh, speaking of lines that I liked I did really enjoy his analogy to getting back together with exes as putting on dirty underwear after a shower. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Was it, was, like, it was really good. Kind of get it. 
Not saying that no one getting back together with an ex hasn't worked out well, but. (laughs) True. Sometimes it does work out, but yeah, I agree. Only because you put it in the, in the synopsis. Mm -hmm. Um, There is one kind of what the fuck moment that I thought of that I would, I wish they had actually like talked about. So we had, we had seen her luggage go to the orphanage. We never got it back. She bought fuck ton of clothes on a teacher's salary, whatever yep. that means. Mm-hmm. All these new outfits, which we'll talk about, but doesn't seem to think to bring them home with her because the only thing she goes to the airport with is still the carry-on that she had from the airport when she, she didn't she have She did luggage. have one other bag, I think. I don't think so. Like she had like a smaller bag, but not enough that would be well, like she had, clothing. She had two smaller bags when she left. I thought two, like not none, neither of them were like rollies, but they gotcha. But not also, enough, to, not enough goes, for all the stuff that she bought. No, not at all. But she also goes back to the villa because she leaves the sweatshirt that she buys at the airport there. Like, was she leaving her clothes there? Like what? I like, she know. pulls it out of a drawer. I don't know. Maybe so she like, was like, I don't need this anymore because I've got cool Verona, so, Verona clothes. I mean, true, but also, first of all, sweatshirts, you, you, you can never have too many sweatshirts. This is true. Second of all, I guarantee you that sweatshirt was $60. <laughs> she better fucking go. Yeah, absolutely. It was really expensive. She bought it at the airport. Like, yeah. <laughs> Her endless possibility shirt was probably forty five like, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> euros. Exactly. Right, right. Like she spent, she dropped so much money. Also, how'd she get jeans at the airport? They don't sell jeans at the airport. Good questions. Well, we're gonna get to her costumes. Yes. We um. Will. Here's the thing that I didn't put in the synopsis because there's no way to put it in the synopsis because it's a missing what the fuck. Okay. We never return to her bestie. No. Like, we we don't he he's watching her snake. She calls him for like moral support before she tries to kill her housemate. And then we never hear from him again. <laughs> so you know what that makes me think of? Did you see a cluster funk Christmas? Yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> So for you listeners out there, if you haven't seen Cluster Funk Christmas, it's this really great Christmas movie that is all of the tropes that was on Comedy Central. And it's all of the tropes done with so much love. Like if Hannah and I were to make a movie, <laughs> if we were Rachel Drash and Anna Gasteyer, like yeah. definitely. But um, there's a scene where um, the lead character, Heather from uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, is talk is FaceTiming with her best friend. And the best friend's like, you know, they're talking about boys or whatever and that she's going on this trip. And she went, okay, great. Well – I, I guess I'm my work here is done now. I, I guess you don't really need me anymore after this. <laughs> because that is sort of a trope yeah. in and of itself is you yeah. have that friend who like eggs you on and then you don't hear about them at all. No. No. But it's like. So funny. Uh, so should we jump into Hallmark Hallmarks? Let's do it. Head all first. Right. Um, so my first one I'm taking this as a hallmark hallmark because usually we don't we save this one for like for Christmas for Christmas related names. But 
as this is a Romeo and Juliet related plot, the fact that her name is Julie. Yes. I think it's a Hallmark Hallmark. I agree. My my first one was Hallmark Hallmark Romeo and Juliet obsessed. Mm, um, yeah. Which we just see far too often. Yes. Also, again, children who want to fuck. That is the story of <laughs> It's romantic, Hannah. Please give me more much ado about nothings. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> um in expecting an engagement and getting dumped instead. Absolutely. Um, before that, I wanted to call attention to kind of a goof because it's our Hallmark Hallmark empty coffee cups. Mm-hmm. And I, we know this because when she puts a cube of sugar into her bestie's coffee mug, it makes a click sound <laughs> and they don't put any liquid in it after I that. So that. It's pretty great. <laughs> uh, we have unwarranted antagonism. Yes. Um, they were double booked. Yeah. Uh, There is a festival. They don't really go to it, but it's there. Yeah, it's a work festival. And speaking of a festival, it's the wine festival. And throughout the whole movie, it's wine that does not look right. No. Money is no object. (laughs) Yes. I had that as the next one. for That one, too, because she can buy all the clothes. Uh, Food fight. We are pairing up a hopeless romantic with a cynic. We are. And you know what they do? They make a wish with a coin in a fountain. Yes, they do. Uh, we have a, oh, he's not my boyfriend line. Yay. I have one that you're going to think is a little bit weird, but I think you'll get on the train with me. Suddenly, the weird things from the beginning are accepted and easy. Like... Uberto and his cannoli, which were horrifying at the beginning of the movie, suddenly it's like, hey, we're in Italy. I'm best friends with Uberto. We get cannoli. Um, so speaking of Uberto, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but so she took her harrowing ride from the airport to the villa. And then after that, she's good riding in his car. Yeah. Charlie takes this harrowing ride from the villa to wherever they go first. And then after that, he's fine. It's like you t- it, one ride and you're like, oh, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've done anything one time. The second time, <laughs> yeah, it's less harrowing. It's like the second <laughs> bottle of wine just yeah. goes, goes down easier. <laughs> I was just like, I think he's still about to crash this car, but okay. <laughs> Like, I think he still needs, like, another four sets of eyes watching the road with him. Yes, whatever. this is true. Um, we have an interrupted kiss. Yes. Uh, old girlfriend shows up and they're engaged. <laughs> uh, and my last one was not waiting to see the end of the proposal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a couple more. Okay, go. Um, it just, but that was my last one, too. Um the old boyfriend also shows up, so we have mm-hmm. both of this. This doesn't often happen, but whatever. Um, why don't you join us for dinner? <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> and they know the more important things about each other. Yeah, true. Yeah, and true. then there's the proposal. So good job. All right, pretty parade. Pretty parade. I feel like 
I could go, I could write an essay about her costume choices. And we will talk about them. <laughs> um, so why don't we get the pretty stuff out of the way? Because okay. I'm assuming that these are antis because they were antis for me. Uh, yeah. Um, I have <laughs> one and only one, and I think you should take it because I assume it was yours too. Oh, I don't actually know. Um, oh. I have a couple. Okay. Um, well, why don't, you, well, why don't you do it and I'll let you know if, if there were. Well, well, we talked about one at the beginning, which is just Tom Hopper with no shirt on. <laughs> um, the, there was a wine label that he of the winery he wants to go. I loved that wine label. It was like a blue and red um, uh, herald heraldry thing. Oh, shield. It's beautiful. But um, can we just talk about the – well, there's pastries and there's sunsets. Verona's beautiful. But the freaking beautiful-ass house with the chandeliers and these, like, chandelier things that were on the balcony that weren't really chandeliers but the life fixtures and there's, like, fountains. And I wanted that house. Buy it for me, please, Hannah. Yeah, with all my um, money that is – I have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I specifically thought the the chandeliers, which I also thought were actually maybe like hanging planters covered with light, sparkly lights. Yeah. They were just very pretty. They were very pretty. Really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that was definitely yeah. <laughs> my yeah. pretty pretty. That, that was – okay. Let's get into these fucking dresses. Okay. I don't, I don't want to start with the dresses. I want to start at the <gasps> beginning. Okay. okay I don't do remember it. her very, very first outfit. Her travel outfit. You First mean all, a- you mean Ariel's uh, human outfit? <laughs> thank you. I have that written down. <laughs> I said, "What is she wearing? The pants version of Ariel's sail dress?" <laughs> Yay! <laughs> First of all, it's all white. Like, who travels in all white? Nope. <laughs> and then orders red wine. Like, what the? Second oh. of all. No, I was just going to say, I remembered something I was going to say. Oh. There's a line that she says to Charlie. So she's like, I'm not the one that has red wine all over me because he spills red wine on himself when she comes in. And I was like, no, fuck you. You do have wine on you. You just changed your outfit. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, it includes, like, a rope belt. Yeah, the pants are kind of loose, but, like, it, it's international travel. You wear yoga pants or sweatpants. Uh-huh. That's the rules. It is the rules. You can't look cute on a flight that's, like, more than five no, hours. No, she said like, she's been traveling impossible. for 22 hours. Like, Fuck you. Which also, how is she traveling for 22 hours? I get that her flight was delayed, but, like... She got a magic direct flight from Minneapolis to Verona. <laughs> Minneapolis. I know how to say Minneapolis. <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> um, so, so that's that's one. I didn't mind her Audrey Hepburn looking dress. That was No, I didn't mind high. that either. It wasn't my favorite dress in the world, but like no real thing. But it was like the height of like that's what I wanted from Italian fashion like I yeah. just wanted more of that dress instead of what we got so keep going um well I mean there she wore a lot of dresses that um I don't know if they didn't fit or just made her they made her boobs look real bad 
They made her body look bad. So, like, okay, so, the, like, the last, like, two or three dresses that, like, that she buys are supposed to be evocative of Juliet because we've got, like, it's their corset, like, mm-hmm. tops. Yeah. So they're rigid and there's lacing in the back. And then they kind of, like, and then so there's, like, a stomacher kind of, like, even look. And then there's the there's the skirt. And because of the way the dress is corseted and the skirt flops out, they – it, it makes her 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 booty kind of look bigger than it is and shorter than she is. Like she's short, but she just makes her look squat. And then they're short skirts, so yeah. then it just looks it, it looks like childish, almost ballet like, but not elegant okay. ballet. You and- know, you know what I thought she her like tourist day outfit looked like. Have you ever seen the? Degas statue, the little dancer. Yeah, yeah. I thought she looked like the little dancer. I can definitely see that. But, like, unfortunately for we women who are curvy and aren't dancers, sometimes, like, that silhouette just, uh, like, it hits us in the wrong way and makes us look kind of squat and boxy. And well, that's just yeah, what happened but, this whole time with her. Well, the, the little dancer is like eight. Yeah. <laughs> She doesn't got no curves. No. And like, I felt like it made her look the same way. I was like, I, I didn't, I didn't get the choices. And even her choices of airport fashion, because she spills red wine on this all white outfit that she has decided to travel in. Um, so she buys a whole new outfit, including jeans somehow at the airport. And rather than just getting like a shirt that says like Italia or something that you would think you would just buy something really basic. She ends up with like a punny shirt. Yeah. I I don't know if she was just feeling so jet lagged and tired. You just grabbed the first thing, but I, I'm, I agree with you. I would think that if any airport in the world, any country, I should say, because there are many airports, I'm sure in Italy, <laughs> um, any country in the world would have some cute ass choices in their airport it would be italia you know what yeah. i mean yeah like- <laughs> i mean i'm sure i'm sure the verona airport is tiny because that's not where you fly into because it's not far from venice and why yeah. would you be flying into venice yeah you're probably right also you don't really even fly into venice from the u.s you fly into milan <laughs> let's just uh, go like travel Rome. I don't believe you hannah you have to take me so yeah. you can show me all um, these the other anti i had uh, the engagement ring that Brandon proposes with uh-huh. is but ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like flat with like it's multiple like, diamonds. Yeah, it's a, it's a flat circle that is way too big of a circle with like little dining, diamonds like marcasites almost in it. Mm. Like it was just like why did you give her a diamond plate for her finger like what <laughs> i hated it <laughs> i i knew that was gonna come um i didn't put it down but i have one anti um also for fashion okay um with charlie also is always wearing a sweater which i don't mind a sweater because you know Mm -hmm. us and sweaters but he's wearing a white shirt under the sweater so he looks like he's a priest like for most of the movie like and that's like his signature look is it's it is a really high neck it's a high neck sweater and above that is a is a shirt is a white shirt so he does look like he like i should be confessing to him which (laughs) 
I didn't know I had this fantasy until just now. <laughs> really? I don't I don't have this fantasy, but <laughs> I, I was gonna say, Katie, did you not watch Fleabag? <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> only in that scenario, because if we want to talk about one of the most romantic stories ever told, it's season two of Fleabag. <laughs> That's the most romantic and tragic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Woo! I, uh, okay. This is going to be a fun one, Ooh. Hannah. <laughs> yes. You know, here's my other thing about Charlie in general, in looks. Charlie's Charlie's attractive. Like no no uh no notes. He is so <laughs> he's so like milk toast attractive though. Yeah, yeah. I like I I again I was a hundred percent team Brandon until he ordered Prosecco for somebody without knowing her. Um that guy is hot. Yeah, he real cute. <laughs> I was like, uh yeah, yeah. But I, I sort of agree with you about Tom Hopper. Tom Hopper upon his looks would isn't really my type either. But he's so goddamn fucking charming and funny in this movie. I was like, hmm. Like this he was so cute and like witty and kind of dorky and I don't know. From an acting standpoint and just like a romance standpoint, I was like, I want to see him in more stuff like this. Yeah. Oh, I think he I think he's perfect for stuff like this. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Across the universe? I would like to save my Across the Universe. Do you have one? I have one. Okay. Um, I they they were they talk about being flossom mm-hmm. a few times in this movie, which I don't know if you guys know this, but that is from one Miss Tyra Banks from America's Next Top Model. That is something that she likes to do is be flossom, at least in the later seasons, because watching the earlier seasons is like real harsh. But um, uh, I just wanted to point that out there that that was across the universe with that. And I'm going to save mine. Okay. Supporting shout out. I, I I give a half shout out to the bestie with the snake and the mustache, because I thought it was really cute that he, uh, I thought he was funny. And I liked that he had a partner that they were betting on the breakup. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. But I'm also going to shout out Blake the server. <laughs> because he's fun. hilarious. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Take it away, Hannah. Why do we love Blake? We love Blake the server because he comes up and he says, like, are you ready to order? And she says, he's breaking up with me. And he, and he just goes in the same tone. just. I'm going to go get some bread. <laughs> like, I'm going to bring you the bread. <laughs> be like, I do not want to be part of this. Do not include me. <laughs> and so I'm going to say that this, okay, so I'm super supporting, like, shout-outing Blake because, yes, comic timing, brilliant. Is he memorable and he's only in for two seconds? Absolutely. But that moment set me up for this movie to feel more funny and elevated than it might have actually ended up being. Because when mm-hmm. that moment happened, I was like, this is going to be a fun ride. And so I think that's where I like leveled up my expectation a little bit, mm-hmm. which might have and maybe you shouldn't me. have. <laughs> and maybe I shouldn't have. So yeah. fuck you, Blake. Just kidding. Thank you, Blake. <laughs> Kiss meter. Kiss meter. Um, I gave it a 7.5. 
Um, it was well-deserved. It was in an okay – it was in a romantic setting. It's the same setting we've been in this whole time. But it was a little tight. You couldn't really see it. Plus, she'd been crying right beforehand, so I'm pretty sure that they got some tears in the mix. Um, I just kind of wish it was more. I wish it was more. That's it. I 100% agree with you. I only gave it a seven. I said it's fine, but I think the longing looks should have led to more. Yeah. Um, but since you mentioned it, I do want to give Cat Graham all the chops for she's a fucking amazing crier. <laughs> she really is. I was actually quite impressed with her in this movie. Um, and I and I know I don't mean to make that sound like a surprise, but I didn't know that she could be that funny. Okay, um, I hear so, I hear that. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like when I look at her, I'm like, you're just too pretty to be interesting. But she's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I think that's very fair. Um, so, Katie, would you watch this movie? Would you recommend others watch this movie? You know, I would. But I would okay. recommend definitely having a bottle or three of wine with it. Um, I texted Hannah while I was um, watching this saying I'm the dumbass that didn't have wine on hand while watching this movie because the wine is a flow in and it made me want some. Um, Like we've talked about, I thought the dialogue was super funny. There's some really cute zingers. Ultimately, their chemistry is pretty on point. If it weren't for like the shenanigans, Mm -hmm. um, I'd say that this would have been kind of cute. How about you, Hannah? So this is where we get to my Across the Universe. Because I decided this movie, they've actually already made a better version of it. Okay. And it's called Letters to Juliet. I knew it! (laughs) (laughs) And I'd rather just watch that. Because his name was also Charlie. Really? (laughs) Yes. I haven't seen that movie since it was in the theaters. Please tell us. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but this woman goes to Verona and has feelings about Romeo and Juliet and embarks on a journey and ends up falling in love with someone, even though she's still technically attached to somebody else and he's technically attached to somebody else and he falls in love with her. You know, like more interesting. Same movie. I didn't I didn't remember the plot line at all except for the letters to Juliet part. And was it Vanessa Redgrave? Yeah. 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 And Amanda I mean, Seyfried. But Yeah, there's just more like other plots, first of all. Like because this movie doesn't really have a B plot. You're right about that. Um, so they didn't really there was none of that. I, I don't know. I just I I'd much rather watch Letters to Juliet. That's where I landed on it. It's like if Letters to Juliet didn't exist, I don't know what my answer would be. But All right. And I realized that Letters to Juliet is not a made-for-TV movie, so it doesn't quite match. But doesn't matter. Where, that's where I am. I think that that's a great place to be. <laughs> and some could argue that this is not a made-for-TV movie either because it was made for the internet. You know, I watch it on my TV. TV. Yeah, I watch it on my TV, and that's the only way I can watch it. Or have been able to watch it. Well, that's true of the made-for-TV movies, too. Well, that's – I mean, that's why I say it qualifies. Yeah. Um, But – oh, I was going to say something really funny. But (laughs) no one's going to know about it now. (laughs) 
In my head, it was funny, and I didn't know. I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, Hannah, I think this might be one of the first times we've ever split. We often don't. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that that's pretty cool. To, I mean, (laughs) I think we're both sort of on the same page, (laughs) but because I said yes and you said meh, I'm going to (laughs) say, woo, history being made. In this very long Shakespearean episode, which I don't care because I had fun. I had a lot of fun. So thanks, everybody, for coming on this, uh, coming to the theater with us, watching this play. Um, Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, where one kiss means forever, where the one and the four are numerals. We are trying to live tweet the new movies as much as possible. Um, we're, we're getting most of them, I think. Yeah, I don't know if we really missed one that's so far. Yeah, but in the who, knows? who knows what the time will be between now and forever. <laughs> <laughs> now and forever. It is a lot of pressure. But if you would like to email us, maybe send us your favorite Shakespearean adaptations that have nothing to do with Romeo and Juliet, uh, you can email those to us at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com. That's all spelled out like it is on the logo. And as always, thank you to Flint Pastures for our intro-outro music. His stuff's on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And we will see you in a couple weeks. Yeah. See you soon. Bye. Bye.